This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. And today is a special day because we have something that's normally not on the show. Um, I try to branch off and I mean, you can't be a fan of music and listen to one genre. So today we have a special guest. We have an up and coming on the rise band out of the Bay Area. When you think of Green Day, when you think of a little bit of Rage Against the Machine, when you think of the whole 90s grunge rock scene, you think of these people. Dead River. Dead River Rebels. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So before we start, uh, please, one by one, introduce yourselves. Okay. Uh, My name is Alejandro Jimenez, and I'm right now helping with the uh, rhythm guitar. My name is Sean Ryan, now on drums. My name is Aaron Viriel. I play guitar. My name is Fonzie Vergara. I'm the lead vocalist. And we're missing Marco, who's on bass. Yeah, shout out to Marco, our bass player. He's fucking AWOL. So really get in there. You know, like. Boom. Okay, so... I came across you guys because I knew one of your band members, Sean. Me and Sean go way back, uh, partying, doing a lot of drugs. Don't don't want to take, put that out there, but <laughs> yeah. Hey, mom, we don't okay, do drugs. We're not ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then he told me he was in a band. I was like, okay, boom. And then he always invited me to you guys' shows, but I never happened to make it, which I apologize for. But um, you guys performed for me. And we got to show to you. Yeah, you guys performed for me, and then I am very, I am very impressed. So tell me, whoever wants to answer this question, um, how did this band come about? I'll answer the question. So when the band came about, it was uh, me and shout out to Aaron, you know, uh, our other Aaron, like our Dylan. Well, Jeez, I can't even remember his name. The band started with Dylan and I. And Sean, I Sean, Sean, take grab the mic like and put it to you. The, the band started with Dylan and I in our apartment in exeter street in san francisco and mm. we we started it in our living room and i had uh shirts and all my drum heads and uh, dylan and i started a couple songs and then he brought alfonso over and i smacked him in the face and he, he did. did not like me and uh, that's how we I began that experience and then we we went to rocker studios but we really that was so wait, wait so you guys started a band off with drama <laughs> off what drama, drama? Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, no, we started off with drugs. It was, like. it, it was like a, it was an endearing smack. But okay. It was, I was pushing his buttons because I just that's how I am. Mm. And I, I told him he got he gets one. I, I was like, you get one, and that was your free one. Okay. So don't don't exercise that again. But you know, honestly, it was like it was so freaking low rent, man. I was like, I don't even know if I can contribute anything to this band, man. This is not 
the only style of music I listened to, and it might not even be the the number one, and it was like that kind of punk rock genre. But you know, I could see that first of all that they they wanted to keep having me on, and like they they just uh, they get to see the heart and the hunger. You know, those are the two things that you really need, I think, to succeed not only just in music but in general. And like Sean was playing, he had t-shirts over his drum kits because uh you know he didn't want to wake the neighbors or you know have people calling and complaining so like it really started out in a living room slash kitchen and i was like dad i just don't know if we can make it but then i heard this one song um in this one melody and it ended up being our song hey ho and i just thought this is really boss man this is this is really really chart topping kind of shit and like i wrote the lyrics to that song in two days we persevered it was the three of us um like a lot of bands, man, you know, you're, you're brothers and you fight like brothers too. You, you love and you fight like brothers. So, um, Dylan ended up splitting. We're friends with him to this day. Um, shout out to him. He just we, in on bass the other day. For yeah. Also, so yeah. We're all on good terms, man. Mm. He's always going to be part of the DRR family. All right. So, wait, wait, wait. so when the band first started, Sean, you are one of the founding persons. Yep, Dylan you and, I you and Dylan. Okay. Yeah. So. You, Dylan, and Alfonso were just like just friends who were just doing music, right? Dylan, Did you have the intention of starting a band, or you not just really kind of? Dylan moved here from Denver, and I got him a job, and we started playing music together, and that was kind of the intention. And then mm. we, Dylan knew Alfonso from Alfonso was a doorman at uh, Danny Coyle's. Yeah, it was a bouncer at Irish bar. Alfonso <laughs> was always showing up in a three-piece suit, just dressed <laughs> to the nines, and he's just such a classy dude. And I'm like. He showed up in a sweater to our first thing, and I called him Mr. Rogers. And I don't even like, remember that. that was I was so high. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy in a sweater? And he's, <laughs> like, he's such a, a great front man because he he's got this aura of like he just has his presence. Um, his, one of his biggest uh, idols is with Liam Gallagher. Yeah, Liam Gallagher. Shout out OG, the man. So mm. he's the lead singer of Oasis, you know, but they were always a really cocky band, but they were very authentic. But they, you know, they were from England, but they grew up in government housing and they were just really legit, you know. So like we're about people like you write music, you know, it's an art form and you gotta be your art should say who you are. It should be true to who you are. So I think our art was true to us, you know. Mm. That sweater, by the way, was no sweat that was Brooklyn Circus. That's legit. Mm. It's a it's fucking a nice good sweater. sweater. Yeah, it's not I'm just, I'm just Yeah, it's not your grandpa's sweater, but yeah, just to defend the sweater's honor. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, we love that asshole though. <laughs> <Type of laughs> yeah. So when it was just you three, right? Um, were you looking you were so you were actively looking for a lead singer well it was Dylan and I we were looking for a lead singer yeah exactly okay. and then we found a bassist on Craigslist and then, then there was four of us for a while okay and and then recently we've, we've been kind of back and forth between different guitarists um, we had a person named Alex with us for a while mm. different and Alex yeah. different Alex mm. and now this Alex is the newest member of our band and he's a great addition and Mm-hmm. Honestly, man, it's like being married to fucking four other people, man. Like, and you got to get along. You get your, you got to work things out, man. You got to compromise. You got to get your schedules right. So like, this is the final. I the, hope so, man. Final. I think so. You know, like Marcos. You know, we're hoping yeah. that he sticks with it. He's yeah. it plays in multiple other bands, so we're trying to. Bassists are always kind of hard to to keep down because they're such an interesting breed of musician and. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, we we like where we're at right now, and we've been getting some really good responses when we play, and we, mm. we've had a bunch of shows coming up. So we're we're really excited just about kind of moving forward, and we're stoked to be here, you know, on your platform, which is not usually punk rock, and I feel privileged yeah. that you were interested in having us, and I just think that's awesome, especially in the Bay Area because mm. there's just so much love out here, and there's just so much different types of people around each other, and it's so mm. nice when we like when you and I like you know we're not the same, but yeah. we're just like you know like we saw each other like. 
like, what the fuck is up? You know, and I just mm. saw you standing there. I'm like, this guy seems rad. And mm. It's just like, you know. And like, it's community, man. You know, I, I'm putting the show on in um, October 22nd. It's my first festival. It's called Gremstock at Winter's Tavern. And I'm having all different types of genres. And it's mm. not just going to be a punk rock thing. And it's all sorts of things. And I'm excited for it because a lot of times we put on shows that are just punk rock shows. And we kind of have the same people coming to the shows, which is great. Mm. But um, I'm trying to kind of be more collective and bring all sorts of different types of people together and get all sorts of people in the crowd. And Winter's Tavern is just such a special place in the music scene. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, so one thing we, we, one thing I do when I interview people, I like to learn about like their history because your history makes the person you are today. Right. Um, so where are all four of you guys originally from? Well, I mean, I've kind of moved around a lot. I lived a very nomadic life, man. You know, like I uh, I was born in South Korea. My mom's from South Korea. She's from Incheon. My father was a GI who was was born and raised in Chile. That was not a fart. That was just a door (laughs) (laughs) door catcher. I love it. I thought it was a fart. I was about to say, you bold, motherfucker. Well, we did just eat. We did just eat cowbird. We just got done eating at cowbird, which is like just down the street from this place. So if you guys want to support local oakland fair and you have really some of the best fried chicken i had cowbird man k-o-w because it's hipster b-i-r-d yeah, cowbird, yeah, sponsor, cowbird. Us, motherfucker. sponsor it yeah <laughs> but in any case yeah so my my father's from chile um he was born and raised there that's in south america for all you you know history buffs and social studies motherfuckers um and then uh he became a gi when he joined the united states air force uh, after he was living in queens new york for a while he got stationed in korea they fell in love and you know i'm a gi love story like my siblings and um you know my mom passed away three years ago but they're married 42 years so you know a great upbringing but just lived in a lot of different places man Frickin did you did you how, how how much time did you spend in chile shit none i none? mean my dad was born and raised oh, there but yeah there was a lot of political unrest man there was a military dictatorship in chile mm-hmm. chile was messed up man like so yeah i didn't spend any time in chile man like i was uh i was a gi brat and then i became a gi myself i was in the 101st airborne shout out second 187th rakasan you know but uh yeah i moved around a lot man we were always my dad flew b-52s so he was uh they were nuclear capable so we were living in these remote hodunk places like upper peninsula michigan midwest city oklahoma leavenworth kansas uh, homestead florida so a lot central valley california a lot so i'd say i spent most of my life in california yeah Mm -hmm. And I moved up here from Sacramento to San Francisco in the Bay Area like 20 years ago now. Did you, was your family, uh, were your parents into music? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was not necessarily the kind of music I listened to, but my dad had a pretty badass record collection, man. I mean, he had he had vinyls, you know, and it was everything from Jimi Hendrix, who's a big fan of, to the Rolling Stones and like a lot of rock and roll, a lot of classic rock. But he also got me into po- opera, man. I listened to Pavarotti and uh, Placido Domingo and some of the great tenors. Um, he got me into classical music too. So he's, he's a very, very eclectic guy and it definitely kind of influenced my taste. And then I branched out and did my own shit, man. Like, you know, gotten, uh, everything from fucking glam rock and hair metal to like, you know, Brit pop was a big influence on me in the nineties. You know, when everybody was listening to grunge, that shit was a little too depressing for me. So my life was already hard. So I just wanted some, I wanted to, I wanted to hear some fucking party music and whatnot. I want to shout out to your dad too, because he's a big fan of ours. And yeah. He's, comes to a lot of our shows and my dad too it's like it's so endearing yeah. when yeah he's like he's like there and he's yeah. in front and he's like he's, he's a yeah. super solid guy so. shout out gonzo shout out tom ryan love you guys yeah so that's my story it's complicated but aaron so i grew up in central valley this really small farm town outside of fresno 
and uh you know there's nothing to do so the the most you could do is just like get some runs together and play music my dad taught me how to play guitar he had like all these 80s hair metal records and like 80s uh like like 70s like rock like pop rock and stuff mm, and he dope. would play that around the house and then my mom would also play like r&b and michael jackson and uh like uh u2 and all these like kind of like post-punk bands and that kind of all of that kind of culminated plus um just like a lot of the music that i listen to now was just shit people have showed me over the years um and i kind of something that we do as a band is we kind of try to stay uh try to stay out of the lane for too long like mm-hmm. we don't want to be playing the same like type of punk rock we're like experimenting with within the genre um but also like taking it outside and expanding like um if, if you come to our shows you'll hear more of like the influence from like funk and like disco and um brit pop also which uh which one of your parents uh or if any of your parents influenced you to start uh playing guitar my dad my dad, dad was my first guitar teacher and oh. wh- what year did you start like actually playing Seri- I i started playing when i was like seven but then i didn't take it super seriously until i was 10 years old and mm-hmm. then i just kept playing until you know for instance then um, when you were growing up, was music uh, like the number one passion for you, or were you were you into something else, and then you just became passionate about music later on? Uh, yeah, at first I didn't really listen to music when I was a little little kid, other than what my parents would play. But it wasn't until uh, middle school um, where I kind of like. I don't know. Something clicked, and I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to start a band. I mm. started a band in sixth grade. Oh, so you had a band in sixth grade. I mean, it wasn't really, wasn't really a band. I would just take my guitar to my friend's house, and I would like play some like My Chemical Romance songs, or, uh-huh. and uh, eventually I started taking it more seriously once I got to college. I could afford to like buy more stuff. Were you like in uh, like a wedding singer type band? <laughs> no, <laughs> just covers yeah. No, we 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 did like I don't know. We really didn't do much in high school. We just tried to play shows, but it never really worked out. Mm. Um, it wasn't until college where I actually got some experience playing shows, mm-hmm. being on stage mm-hmm. and for real, and like not like a school talent show or something. I kind of feel like an asshole that I never even fucking knew this about you because I've known you for years. Well, like, I don't really talk about I'm it. I'm just caught up in my own shit. I never even asked you. Yeah. <laughs> I caught up in my own shit. Uh, yeah. so, so, you, so you grew up in Fresno. Yeah. Um, is that where you spend like all of your life? When did you come to the Bay Area? I moved here in 2018. For I, what reason? I was, I transferred to uh, San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. And I finished my degree there. What did you study? Molecular biology. Fucking smart one, huh? That's what I was into first before music was science. Mm -hmm. But music came along with, you know. That's why we got songs like Genetic Decline. Yeah, a lot of our songs have have like scientific names. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of... Are you the main uh, writer of songs of the band? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he writes most, mm-hmm. most of the lyrics. Although Aaron's catching up now. He's been writing a lot of lyrics. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. You get a little bit of dynamic as well. In the van that I was before I moved here, I, I was. Can you hear I was. No, Sean, when you speak, grab the mic. That mic, yeah, I was going to say, like, there's no way anybody picked that up. Like, <laughs> when you're in a band, motherfucker, you should know how to <laughs> mic work. Yeah, but I never you have never a, mic. a mic. I hide behind my drums. There's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> the band that I was in before I moved here, I was the lead singer, so I already knew, and I played guitar, mm-hmm. so I already knew how to, like, put a whole song together. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of just go with what sounds good when I'm just, like, messing around. Um, when did... uh when did you think that okay, this band is like can actually do something? The first in your uh, in your in your in your estimate, the first day, the first yeah. day, yeah, because the first day you were like, okay, we got something here, yeah, something that I don't know. Are you just sometimes, saying that because sometimes, like, your lead singer testify, looks, bro? Come looks on, like he's when, in the yeah. UFC or some shit. <laughs> when. When I'm working, I backed right down and I was at school, everything's so analytical. Yeah. But I kind of just wanted the feeling mm. um, this with that time. I just, I played uh, one of our songs, uh, one, a riff that became a song the first day I was with them. And I like, this is going to work out, I think. Aaron and I, we have good chemistry together when we start playing with each other and it just kind of clicks. And that's just something that you can't just... It doesn't just happen every day, so it, it's it's been from the very beginning. It's been it's been fluid. <laughs> but from <laughs> and that part of the reason why, part of the reason why is because in high school I was in marching band and I played drums. Okay. So, so you played I, drums and a guitar. I'm not. I don't play as much drums anymore. Mm. I just played at school, but uh, when I write music, I kind of already think of what the drums are going to sound like mm-hmm. or i play yeah. in a really percussive way like i make i make sure i playing the rhythm you know mm. accenting the rhythm when i'm playing guitar mm. and that kind of makes it easy for me to communicate with drummers um, i always had a question so i mean for like people who write songs for the band i mean you're obviously not the lead singer correct um so when you write songs are, are you thinking of how the lead singer's voice sounds or you are you do you have him in mind or do you just thinking about your own vocal arrangement yeah i try to sing in his range but sometimes i try to push it and that's what i've been trying to do lately have you ever have you ever wrote a song where the lead singer came back i was like i'm not feeling this shit i can't oh, yeah. i can't i can't sing that's happened like lots that. i've i've you have showed up to practice like dude this is gold we gotta like and then I realized, like, oh, wait, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> there's like, it's a seven minute song, and there's all these weird, like, passages in it. Then. But I would say overall, he's got a. You don't have a mic in front of you, man. I, Sean, I, speak it to the Let's get painful. But honestly, like, uh, no, I think that, can I, if I can say something to Aaron, because he's very modest, you know, like, I, but also, you know, I, I think that I'm really happy to hear that you were fucking in the band since day one because he's ridden with us, man. I mean, you you, you feel like an OG member of this band. because it's been four years. Yeah, dude, you're definitely a made man at this point, man. Like, you're definitely indoctrinated because we've had a lot of people come and go, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, he stuck through it. And I would say at some point, some of the some of those lows were pretty low. And I was like, this, this thing looks like it's hanging on by a thread. You know, I'm not coming apart at the scenes. But, you know, like, I mean, fucking Aaron hung in there, too. And thank God we got... You know, Alex on board too now because he brings another different element. But um, yeah, Sean and Alex both got all interesting stories. And I think that's actually kind of 
ties into the name of the band. I can get at it later because I know that you guys still haven't answered that question about your backgrounds, but mm. they got interesting ass backgrounds. Sean, one of the weirdest fucking shit I've ever heard. You know, you wouldn't even believe it. Yeah, yeah, stories. You, you got raised in a place you never knew existed. Mm. Try it. <laughs> oh, actually, well, that's for me too. No one know. I don't. I never say the name of my hometown because it's just like what. What is it? Reedley. Nice. Shout out Wrigley. Shout out Reedley, California. There you go, man. You raised this motherfucker. Shout out Cryptic Sound. Shout out Destructive Productions. They're the biggest like punk rock, uh, like uh, uh, production company in Fresno. So mm. Franco Villanueva too. Really cool guy. Uh, all right franco all right well sean uh where did you grow up originally i'm from montana grew up in helena i grew up on a yoga retreat ranch way in the mountains it's called feather pipe ranch and it's a pretty wild place (laughs) i grew up around a bunch of hippies being crazy hippies and um grew up on top of a mountain and it's it's been very special um just the community that's up there and i feel very privileged to have that um, in montana in montana and you know growing up it was i i, I kind of pushed it away a little bit i was a skater who didn't really want too much to do with the spirituality and you know all these hippies being hippies and i just wanted to party and smoke cigarettes in the parking lot and mm. As I get older, um, you know, I actually just did my first retreat there this summer. And, you know, it's a very magical place and it's made a huge impact on my life and me as a person. And, you know, wherever I go in the world, I can connect with anybody because I just kind of have been around so many different types of people growing up that I just kind of see people and I just always say hi. Like when you and I met, you were standing there. I'm like, this guy is a fucking character. I'm like, what Mm. is your deal? You know, like, and I like to reach out to people and whatever it is. And so... You know, and from from Montana, I, I moved to Denver. Um, you know, I, I started playing drums when I was in third grade. I kind of go backwards a little bit, and um, I, you know, I started on a drum set, and I had. Some wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 stick to Montana real quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you grew up with both your parents, right? They're both together. Parents, yeah, yeah. And your parents were like hippies. Definitely, yeah, for sure. So did you? Were you raised like a very like with? A lot of uh, your parents are very lenient. They le- like let you like do a lot of shit. I pretty much do what the fuck I want. And okay. I still do, but yeah, I mean, in a good or a bad way, I mean, it kind of turned out a little crazy, <laughs> so, you know. But yeah, uh, I mean, my dad is one of my best friends in the world to this day, mm-hmm. and um, parents are still together. They're not. They were separated for twenty years, and they have a very interesting relationship. They're still very good friends. Um, we still do family things together. They just got divorced a few five years ago, something like that. But um, they're still in touch. Um, Siblings. I have a younger sister. Yep. Mm. She's uh, an amazing girl. She lives in Sebastopol. Um, my mom's actually right now. She's traveling in India. She's doing um, volunteer work at different uh, children's hospitals and orphanages. So she's out there. Uh, that's being awesome. Heidi Teresa right now, so I'm real proud of her. And uh, oh yeah, so there's a there's a lot of kind of like those growing up around those types of people. You know, it, it's really influential seeing you know people. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up. I went to India when I was in middle school, and it, it changed my life. Then you went to middle school. Uh, India in middle school. I went to India in middle school, and it changed my life. Just, Did you fuck any uh, bitches in India in middle school? In middle school. <laughs> I mean, I was fucking middle school. You were wanting it. You just couldn't get it. You didn't know how to. India. You know how to close. You just didn't you know how to close. Did you go with your parents? Yeah, I went with my parents. Okay, we, yeah, went as, we went as... Uh, thought you went by yourself. I was no, like, no, okay. no. I went with... Because, uh, like, the, the ranch would do workshops in India. So we went on a... The community would... went. We went on their own kind of workshop that they would normally do. So we went all, you know, together in a bus. And mm. Went all over the place. Went to Kathmandu. And, 
so how did how did how did that how did that trip change your uh, perspective well, on to life see the poverty and to see you know just there, there's so much love there and there's so much culture and there's just you know people don't touch each other with their left hand because they're wiping their ass with their left hand you know there's there's holes in the what? ground where toilets are. That's an actual know. thing? Oh, it's yeah. an actual thing. Oh, 100%. So if someone touches you the, with the left hand, you, you know that they wipe that's that. That's your sworn enemy now. Yes, yeah. pretty much. You don't <laughs> touch people with your left hand. Damn. Um, like, when the train tracks leave, like at the train station, yeah. when the train leaves, like 5,000 people come to the train tracks and are all just shitting right in front of each other. That's like the bathroom. Damn. It's like, I, I would tell the story after I came back because I did a little presentation to my middle school about how there's there's women following cows around because cows are sacred, so they just roam the streets. And these are not mm, like wow. beef cows; these are anorexic cows. They look like they're about to keel over at any second. Mm. Um, and these cows like literally have plastic bags sticking out of their ass because there's nothing to eat. They're like eating plastic. Oh, but anyway, it's like there's women following these cows around with with baskets, and they're putting the shit on top of their head, and they mm. pile of shit, and they go home and they they make patties out of them, and they put them on their their little huts, and they and they. They dry the patties out, and then that's what they use to cook their food with and heat their house. And I would say to people, now think about that next time you turn your oven on. Like, literally, someone is falling around an anorexic cow, picking up his shit just to cook their fucking food. And, like, as a young person, when you see that shit, your mind is fucking blown. It's just, it's insane. If cows are sacred, why are they, like, My mind's not being right fed? Because there's no food. Nobody's being fed. Um. <laughs> It's just... Yeah, and they refuse yeah. to eat the cows. Yeah, they're all vegetarian for the most part. Yeah. Mm. How long were you in India for? I was a month and a half. Okay. Yeah. And that it, is sobering, man. Oh. It, 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 yeah, for sure. And then when you when you came back, did you did you go to uh, college in Montana? Or did you go to, to college in undergraduate school in Montana for landscape design in, mm -hmm. in Bozeman. And then I went to grad school in Denver for landscape architecture. What got you into music? Uh, you know, I started, what got me into my music was my neighbor. She, it was a Columbia Clearinghouse Records where you get five CDs for a penny or some deal. Yeah, I remember scam, that. Yeah. Day, yeah. Some scam. And so it was my neighbor. She's an older girl and she, I didn't know what CDs. I was like nine years old. So I say, Hey, will you pick out my CDs for me? So she says, yes. Yeah. So she gets me ACDC, Motley Crue, mm. Poison, Bon Jovi. Hair metal. So yeah. that was like the beginning of my like yeah. kind of like hearing this music, and then I just grew up and I wanted the drums. So my parents got me drums. Actually, I started playing violin, which was horrible. God, mm. God, I don't do that. <laughs> but my parents got me a drum set, and I would just play with the ACDC, and that was my biggest influence. Really, growing up was was ACDC, and and I just knew that you know I would be playing, looking at my wall, just being like you know. If I keep doing this and doing this and doing this, someday I'll be able to play in front of a crowd. And now we're doing it in San Francisco and it's in the Bay Area and all over California. And it's, you know, there's a lot of hard work and determination and not stopping. And it's, you know, I'm, I feel like, you know, obviously I want to go farther within my music career, but I feel really satisfied where I'm at right now because I'm doing it. I'm like in the middle of where I'm at yeah. and, I, and I'm happy with it because it's, because if you can't be happy with where you're at, then what the fuck? And so, I'm, you know, someday I would like to be on bigger stages and playing in front of huge crowds, but you know, I really like the intimate stages and I really like where we're at. And, mm -hmm. and you know, you got to play a million shows to get to those points because then you finally get to that point and you're hoping that you're really fucking good. So we're, we're getting there. We've probably played three, four hundred shows yeah. so far, and mm. we're, we're we're doing it. We're putting in the hard work, and we're making it happen. And you know, we're we're excited about where we're at, and I really love where we're going too. Guys, yeah, you know where we're going, yeah. and it, mm. it feels really good. And this is like what I've been wanting, and 
It feels good. So you're you're self-taught. You didn't go to like class to learn. I did a little bit of classes at the very beginning. Mm. Um, yeah, I think my guy's name was Ray Brown. Was my very first drum teacher. I won't forget. And yeah, mm. you know, I definitely took a little bit of lessons. But then after that, it was mainly just listening to my favorite CDs. And you know, I, I, I wish I would probably practice more with a click track because that would be one of my biggest downfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the nice thing about punk rock. You kind of blend it in together, but that's what I'm working on. It's, you know, just practice makes perfect and just, you know, we're, we're, we're going for it and we're trying to practice twice a week right now, you know, cause you know, once a week it turns into no times a week sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah. twice a week at least it's you know, what's funny is we thought we were pretty fucking loose, but then we played the show and these, these other bands that we were playing with, they were just like, how are you guys so tight? I'm like, we're tight. I was like, oh fuck, I guess we are. I mean, I knew we were good. I just don't know we're tight. No, there's a difference because you could be you could be tight and not be any fucking good. You could write shit songs and still be really tight at them. But we were writing good songs and we were tight. He was talking about like, tight, like at friendship level. Like no, no, like chemistry, like like you know, like Sound things are crisp. Things That's end not. when they're supposed to end. Things start when they're supposed to start. People come in when they're supposed to come in. Yeah, timing, like the. It sounds like your practice. Yeah, you know what? I was just felt like, man, our practices are just like, I just felt like it was like a battle royal. It was just fucking really not a lot of structure, but I guess you don't need it when everybody cares about the music, you know? Like, and that's the whole thing. Our philosophy is just like, what is good for the song? Whatever's good for the song is the decision that we go with. So if somebody thinks that it needs gang vocals here or it needs a pause here and an interlude, whatever is good for the song is a majority vote. That's what happens, you know? It's very democratic that way. Oftentimes things come together when we're on stage. It's just yeah. the kind of like the nervousness that you feel going on stage can turn into energy, and that's kind of what we do. It's the best. And it really does like fill in the gaps because there's our there, yeah sure there are times when we practice we're off, it, but it's practice. Yeah, it's the time to be off. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it also sometimes. Songs don't always change. Sometimes I want to add something, or it, it could be as simple as just needs to be faster or needs to be slower. Um, and oftentimes, when you're playing shows, uh, you usually lean on the faster side. But for our genre, that's that's, that's usually thing, a good yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sean, were you in a uh, a band before this one? Yeah, I was in a band in Denver. Probably one of my first real bands where I played my first real live show. The band was called Extra Dry Laser Ride. And we got the name <laughs> off of the mirror. Extra Dry Extra Laser dry Ride. Extra Dry Laser Ride. We got the name off the mirror we were doing drugs off of. Nice, uh, dude. The <laughs> Core's Extra Light mirror that we took off the wall. and uh, I love it. It was, it was a fun it's a dope band. name. We played like 30, 30 shows. And mm-hmm. it was kind of funk-esque sort of music. And... Um, it got my, you know, got my dick wet in the in the process of of playing music and getting out there. And then I played in this other band called Smokey Paloma and the Bodegas. <laughs> These fucking yeah, names. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Dead River Rebels would be the longest band name you have. It's the fucking least longest. Like, I, I always thought the that name was, was too long. One, that was a one show band. And, oh. uh, one, yeah, and, but it was fun. But then I moved here uh, in twenty twelve, I think. 
Uh, and then we started the bay. For what reason? What did you What did you move to I the bay? I'm here for? to get away from the snow. I do landscape architecture, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, but why the Bay Area? Uh, All the way from Montana, though. Well, I moved from Denver. Oh, from I mean, um, still it's a yeah, long way. It's away. a long way. You know, I had gotten I had gotten a job offer from Craigslist, and actually, I had met some people. My friend Sam King, who's in Get Dead. Shout out to those guys who um, just came back from Europe. Um, they, um, I met Sam King in Costa Rica. And we became good friends and we were playing his songs on the beach and um, kind of like this punk rock songs, acoustic. Mm-hmm. And I had my djembe and he says, you know, you should come to Bay Area, if, you know, because I let him live with me for a while. And he says, you ever come to the Bay Area? I got you. You can live on my couch. So mm-hmm. I got a job interview. I got he took me to my different job. I, I got two interviews. He took my different job interviews. I got one of the jobs. I came back. I lived on his couch for a while and uh, the rest is history. He actually introduced us to. Scott from Alcoholicost, who, uh, RAP. Yeah, rest in peace, Scott. Um, but he was a huge, um, staple in the punk rock community or just in live music, putting on a lot of, um, different shows. So Sam introduced me to him and that's where we played our first show in San Francisco at the knockout. Mm. And, um, you know, we've been playing a lot ever since. Um, do you think the, well, let me ask this question first. You've been in multiple bands. Do you think it's hard to keep a band together? It's really fucking hard. It's like herding cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. And yeah. depends on, especially when different people have drug issues or alcoholism issues mm-hmm. or just families or workaholics or who knows. I mean, D, yeah. all the above. It's, you know, and, and then some people are more into it than other people. And so it, yeah. it, it's, you know, we've been through quite a bit of different bassists and guitarists and um you know we feel like we're in a good situation right now we're hoping that marco sticks with it who's our bassist but yeah. you know it, it's everybody has their own lives that they're living and we're not assigned bands so it's easier for people to flutter away if they want to and yeah. that's kind of how it goes i mean even if you are assigned band people change all the what time. was the reason that your your first band broke up the one that you were in, and uh, I think you said Denver. That's a good question. I don't really remember. It's just, I think we were we were roommates, and people moved out, and their lives changed a little bit. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. could have been because I'm an asshole. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think everyone knows that. You know, so. <laughs> that's good. But he's our well, asshole, and he does a lot for the band. They, they do now. So. He actually, actually, you know, you talk about keeping a band together. There's little things that other people don't think about too, mm. which is like, I, poor Sean. I let him kind of have. Car- Sean is probably the leader of this band. I could say that because he earned it. He's been in the band the longest. He's the longest tenured, but he's the most. In a lot of ways, he's at the same time the most irresponsible and the most responsible person in this band. So, like, when I mean irresponsible, he parties harder than most people. Anybody should. First of all, but more than anybody I know. Second of all, but third of all, he does fucking collect all the rent from us. He gets the van fixed. He got the van. He books the shows. He promotes the shows. He got us this podcast. It was his idea to go out to Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. Start. I mean, he he made the fucking merchandise. He made the box that the merchandise comes in. You know, I mean, the motherfucker is like he's done it all. But wipe our asses. You know, I mean, he's uh, so. You know, why do I put up with Sean's shit? Because of all this. Because he puts up with our shit. He's always fucking wrangling us. Please, dude, fucking have rent. You know, I mean, that can't be easy to do that to four motherfuckers and then to keep the fucking landlord away. And I mean, yeah, God bless him, man. You when know, you like, say rent, he makes you guys my live fucking together? I appreciate that. Yeah, dude, it's true, man. It's always true. And I tell everybody that too. Even when, you know, Alex and Sean had a little friction. We've all had friction with Sean. You know, it's like, my first fucking meeting. Oh, dude, it's it's the truth. But all but, right, but all he's right, worth it. He right, is worth it. Right. He's enough, worth it. Enough of this yeah. Sean shit. Yeah. 
Uh, let's he paid me fucking hundred dollars on the side to say that shit, so I had to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get the last member here. Hi, so um, my name is Alejandro. Like everybody knows, I yeah. I like uh, Aaron. Actually, grew up in a small town, uh, not too far from here. Actually, uh, Salinas, California. Everybody probably heard uh, uh, some about it. Probably mostly like gang related or something. But I was born in Mexico. Uh, pretty much lived there until I was eight nine where in mexico uh morelos that's mm. where actually 20 minutes away from emiliano zapata like where emiliano zapata lived and created the revolution so i come from a very uh uh, historic town morelos is like the smallest state in mexico people think it's morelia which is not it's morelos mm-hmm. and uh yeah grew, morelos. Up there, grew up there um with my my, my dad my, my mom split and she came to the united states and years after she brought me here and mm-hmm. i landed in salinas and um i think uh yeah, once I landed in Salinas, I just pretty much no English whatsoever. So I started like, you know, like under, it was a big shock of new, of a, because my, my life was very, I never even thought of United States in any way, shape, form, you know, like, and then all of a sudden here, um, I mean, from the time they told me you're, you're going to go with your, with your mom because they wanted me to have like the normal things as a, a second, uh, citizenship as well as the, the benefits of this country. And, uh, you know, so, uh, when I came here, it was a big shock, a big, big shock. It's no English whatsoever. I didn't even understand the, the style of how people, how kids live, the way they gang, you know, with each other, the way they interact with them. So it was kind of hard for me a couple of years. So I think um, that's what was my first uh, push into music mm. because uh, I was very lonely at some point. I was very lonely, not, had no friends. I couldn't speak to friends or anybody. I didn't want to make too much, you know, like friendships either. So so I think uh one thing that I missed a lot my dad but he he was very he he worked uh he never he, none of my family nobody in my family plays music but my dad loved Creedence Clearwater and the Beatles. Oh, yeah. So I grew the up, Beatles the Beatles and Creedence Clearwater. So mm-hmm. I grew up listening to from I can from wherever I can remember Did I your dad speak them. English? No, yeah. he doesn't. But you know and he loved that. He loved Credence a lot, like a lot. And and the Beatles, he had all the albums and and that's what I grew up listening to pretty much the Beatles and Cre- and and Cre- uh Credence. That's a local band too. Yeah. Yeah. It's Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Clearwater Revival really no. bad sang mm. um band. So so yeah, so I grew up listening to that and went, and then around that time my mom bought me a, a little boombox and i had an acoustic guitar that i think i got at a yard sale because salinas was big for yard sales and we would go and i got this guitar and i my neighbor uh he played in uh he played like country like uh, mexican country music type mm-hmm. stuff. and he tuned my guitar for me and then i remember uh listening to radio and i would hear like a song and i don't know if Pretty much, uh, people remember this, but in Boombox, you could hear record and you would record the song that's playing on the radio over like a cassette that you pre-owned. And I would do that. I would record the songs and I would listen over and over and try to come up with the riff because I was, I never actually took classes and I've never been until today. I don't know music theory. It's just me. Uh, just my ideas of what I think sounds good and just playing with the, with the instrument itself. So you're, you were, you were self-taught. Yeah. Absolutely. Self-taught. All the instruments that I play today have mm. just been self-taught, which is, you know, some, which is good, but sometimes, you know, like once you're in a, in a band and, you know, some people have more theory, like in this case, Aaron understands theory. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to communicate, but I found that 
some happy happy mistakes or happy accidents happen because of that because of my lack of understanding some of the, the theory i tend to to go very crazy on my thinking and sometimes i come up with ideas that may not be like what you're structurally understanding or you're comfortable with mm. but can be very very uh very moving in a way it can can work you know in, in its own magical way so so yeah so that's pretty much you know i grew up in salinas i started playing on my own at home and then i met these guys in school that spoke um i met these guys this kid in school that had a brother to play music an older brother mm. and because alinas it's very big it's it's a it's a town of uh, uh you know like workers you know mexican works because it's the town where a lot of there's a lot of strawberry picking uh, vegetables and whatnot uh, there's a lot of uh, Mexicans and Mexicans that come from every part of Mexico. And funny, funny enough, uh, a lot of people that listens to rock. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So the rock scene was pretty big in Salinas, even though it was a very small town. And Spanish, rock in Spanish, right? And I remember meeting this this friend's uh, brother, and he played in a band. And I said, hey, you know, would you mind teaching me, uh, you know, like songs that you're playing? And these guys play only covers. And they needed a drummer then. And that's where I started, how I started playing. I started playing the drums, drums. and okay. we used to do covers of punk and covers of like Mexican urban style uh, rock. Mm. And then, yeah, we used to call the band was called uh, the Strawberry Boys because right. Selena Strawberry. <laughs> yeah, it's, believe like me, it. we were we were we were thinking that I it like was, it. We we yeah. thought it was very philosophical. Oh, you know, the strawberry feels from the Beatles because that was my idea. Oh, the yeah, strawberry yeah. feels, okay. mm. and also because. Selena is one of the my dearest childhood memories was like opening the doors of like opening the windows in the morning at any place in Selena's that you live you open the window and you would get this beautiful fragrance of like fucking like uh, strawberries every mm. morning for like a couple months over the year during the year so I just thought oh the Beatles strawberry oh we're from here what do we call the strawberry boys mm. I think I think we should write a song called strawberry boys <laughs> or like really an bad. album title yeah. <laughs> you know also too it's funny about most people in the punk community they can't stand the Beatles they talk a lot of shit about the Beatles there are a lot of fucking haters yeah, I, don't, I don't like the Beatles there, see there you go there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of haters in the punk community and a lot of people but the, the Beatles whether you like them or not they're the origin for a lot of shit you can thank them for all the drugs they did because uh, they brought a lot of psychedelia in the rock and roll but they also brought that kind of that fast early Beatles got a lot of that fast punk rock pace well I like, don't like the Beatles because I feel like they stole this they stole like the sound of like old you know those old black uh, fucking rock and roll people back in the days oh like, like Chuck who, Berry who, and, who weren't yeah. on TV but the Beatles yeah. were on TV so so, yeah, like, like, well, just well, like I mean, Elvis. I, you know I what it view is? the Beatles yeah. like Elvis. Yeah, but Elvis was, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but I mean, from what I understand, because, you know, I, I, I listened to, I was a big fan of Public Enemy, and he's like, he's like, uh, Elvis is a racist, fuck him and John Wayne. And like, but you, if you hear a lot of people, they'll say like Elvis grew up in a black town and played with a lot of black artists and traveled with a lot of black artists. I'm not going to defend Elvis Presley because he don't fucking need me, you know. But the bottom line is like, yeah, the Beatles, too, they were. John Lennon is a fucking major reason why Jimi Hendrix even got famous. Sadly, I'm not saying it's right that Jimi Hendrix needed John Lennon. Shout out to Jimi Hendrix, too, 101st Airborne Division, yeah. my fucking brother. But Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix got famous in London. You know, like, what's that? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix what? I'm just, I said uh, Jimi Hendrix, come on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, when you're available. <laughs> yeah, when you're available, please come on the everyday celebrity podcast yeah but yeah you know they were champions of other people's music too but there was a lot of there was they were not the only band playing that kind of music but they were a package that people liked because everybody was and the beatles early beatles playing in europe fucking greased up hair and shit like elvis they look like fucking 
they all look like greasers, you know, like from the outsiders. But then uh, they got their haircuts and they just did something different. So it's like it could be as simple as that to make yourself stand out. They were just desperate fools trying to stand out. But mm. they did. They were fucking good, man. They were tight, you know, like. But a lot of people, yeah, just fucking can't stand them. You know, I yeah. don't know. Maybe they got it too good. I think that's it. When yeah. when you were in Mexico, what was your uh, did you have a big musical influence in Mexico? Um. <sighs> I think uh, I did not. Uh, at that point, I, w- I made the mistake of not maybe opening my eyes to what's surrounding me, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, musically wise. But I was always very connected with the history of where I came from because literally, where I, where, I mean, one of the great great things of my town is that everybody actually you go into anybody's house and they'll still have like pictures of their grand grandfather that fought in the war in the revolution against either the the mexican revolutions or when we fought against uh the french mm-hmm. so it was very i grew up in a very proud uh region of the country where you know it was kind of cool to do that and to be honest the most um the most uh, music I would the the music that I would actually surround myself with would be Credence and and the Beatles at that time and to that moment because that was I really loved it like, to be honest like you know that's one of the things I think I love about music that it has no it's a magical substance that has no 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 beginning or end and mm. it doesn't discriminate in any way shape or form because whether whether you know who they are because at that point I didn't know who the Beatles I didn't even know they were one of them was already dead or or anything like that I didn't even know any of them They're like yeah I love However, this new band I Beatles. just love them their music <laughs> and I love their music and also like Credence Clearwater came to know later that they were actually country. I didn't even know what they were. To From me, Northern sounded, California, though. Yeah. To, me, to me, they sounded fucking cool. They sounded really yeah. cool. The, the catchy rhythm, the catchy beats, the drums, everything I loved about them. I think uh, nothing really, my awakening, my awakening happened here in the United States to, when, when I saw that. How old were you when you first came here again? Uh, I was about nine or ten. Nine. Did you, when you were in Mexico and then when you came here, uh, did you... F- did you have any views about the United States before you came here? I, I mean, did you think, oh, I'm coming to a racist place, or no, did you, did no, you think actually, I was coming no. to like uh, what I the, the the idea then was actually very narrow. It was more like, oh, I'm gonna go to the the dream country, the place mm. where where Disneyland is, the place where I can go see Michael Jordan. Around that time, Michael Jordan was pretty big, or or, or just finished, and that he was. Did very, you see Michael Jordan? No, no, yeah, I, I did on his shoes. About to be I jealous. Did on his shoes. I did on <laughs> best thing. I got the shoes. I yeah. did on his shoes that I threw. Ended up throwing away because they were too big. They were like a boot. You threw Jordans oh, away. People right. were getting killed yeah. for those things. Exactly. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Like, like, were they the real Jordans or the Mexico Jordans? Really, yeah. The real Jordans, but actually, you know the Mexico's Jordans. They got the Jordan sign has three legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call like Jordans. I got them. Jordans. Apparently today they'll be. Very, very uh, lucrative, uh, lucrative if I if I sell to someone, yeah. but mm. but uh, yeah. So no, it was uh, I actually had no no bad no bad no. I never heard uh, anything bad, you know, about the states. Was it easy for you to make friends and fit in? No, not really, because uh, it was very. It's very different from growing yeah. up in Mexico. Very, very. You think very it's because different. of the language barrier, basically? No, not or because you were that. Mexican. N- not because I'm Mexican. It's just because uh, if I was from Latvia or Russia or anywhere else, I think every country has its ex- essence of uh, of of how you grow up. Mm-hmm. And when I came here, it felt to me very cold. Like people were very cold. 
mm. like you know like no matter how 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 when i started making friends and i had like really great relationships they still never felt as 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 come it never felt that camaraderie that i that i grew up with my friends in mexico at that point so so there was a couple uh ideas that i i quite like so today i still feel like oh wow like that's that's very different from what i what i normally would do or uh, how would i normally behave uh also behavior of children ch kids at that time now when i when i was older i i was able to meditate a little bit more on it and i realized that everybody here was more uh impressionable like you mm. know somebody would see something on tv and that would be it like everybody would follow what would what was like I've noticed like high, the way I, everybody draw, dressed, you know, the way everybody, the music that people liked at that time, it was very like forward on TV or forward on what they were shown by somebody else instead of like having their own tribes and coming up with their own ideas or their own, uh, their own themselves, you know, who they are growing up. It was more like somebody's shaping you instead of you shaping yourself or giving you the tools to find who you are and then go from there. Mm. So that was a little bit difficult because I didn't, I, for some reason, I've never been, a person that likes to fit in with everybody, uh, no matter who they are or what they do or how much I like them. Uh, if I don't, dis if I don't agree with the, something you say and and it affects me directly, and I care for you, uh, and I know that it's not good for you or vice versa, I would make it. You know, I would say something or mm. you know, like so. So that was, I think, you know, the coming up to Met from Mexico to hear that I, 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 it was a little bit difficult. Were you in a band before you joined this one? No, actually, uh, uh, my story was a little different. I, I started playing music again about, it's going to be close to two years, a year and a half it's going into. I didn't play music for, for many years before this, but I just, uh, I stopped doing what I was pursuing in my career wise. And I decided to, you know, like, I've always loved instruments. I've, it's like a happy medium to me. So I, st I started my own, my own studio where I got my bass, my drums, synthesizers, guitars everything to produce music and i just started going again i just i felt like it was at this point in my life i needed somewhere where i could call my escape from the world and that's what i did pretty much started a place i started making my own music and i do play all the instruments and i found a way to actually i found my way little by little with technology to to not need people to play music however I started coming into the, the, you know, like blocks and of like, you know, like, oh, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, maybe I do need, I do need to collaborate with more people to extend my, my ideas. I can't just be in here all the time, just thinking that what I'm writing, maybe it's perfect or something like that. And, and that's how, you know, like I started opening myself to like, to see like those little websites you find, like musicians seeking other musicians and things like that. That's what I was going to say. That's how we met. I, I posted an ad on Craigslist. Mm. It wasn't even for this band. It was for me trying to just kind of see what else was out there and what other instruments, what other musicians were interested in starting another thing. And then he came. So that's what your ad said? Pretty much. It was okay. just like trying to, <laughs> it was pretty like. <laughs> Cheat on the back. <laughs> yeah, fucking cheat on his back. Exactly. And then, and, and then I'm like, you know what? You should just play with us. I'm like, I only have so much energy. Like, you know, like I really want to. Have so when you guys when you guys met, did you did you meet and then he just started playing for you, or no, did you did you? I sent him our music and then he just came to band practice. I'm like, you should just learn some of these songs and just come to band practice because we were gonna do something different. So before you even knew he can play, you you accepted him in the band. Well, I mean, we didn't accept his band. He came in an audition. Oh, you know, okay. 
It was more like I remember the ad was for a bass player, and I remember mm -hmm. we we talked about me coming to the studio. He sent me the music, and around that time, I had a friend that have, was having a, a little life problem, and mm. and um, oh yeah, that's right. It's, I, I feel like I'm I'm also kind of like I don't know if that's from that's something that I developed from living here or how my how it, uh, the impact the how big the impact of me moving from a country and learning a new uh, to a new country, learning a new uh, society. Uh, rhythm but i'm a person that actually i'm a i stay away from friends like when i have a friend like i i know you're my friend but we don't talk i don't talk to them i don't reach out but whenever you have a problem no matter if i haven't talked to you in a year i'm the kind of guy that says where do you need to be how what what how much you need or what do you need like i'm that type of person but mm -hmm. i don't stay close so this friend started like uh had a problem so i had to like blow him up i said oh sh shit i can't go and i was thinking to myself i was thinking like yeah maybe it didn't work out but yeah, he, he was show up to first practice <laughs> <laughs> mm. great off. start yeah, yeah. Fun yeah. Great start. And he actually didn't show up to the first show either he, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you still uh, stuck by i'll yeah. tell you about about it in a second but yeah <laughs> so i didn't but then the next the, the next time when i came in he's like just learn this and it was for a bass player so i came out with i came with my bass and i remember you know i walk in and it was uh it was um sean was, was the one that received me um Aaron wasn't there yet, but Fonso was there, and I remember seeing him. You know, like he he wears this green jacket with the million patches, oh, yeah. and he looked very impressionable. I was like, "Oh shit, look at this rock star right here." That's right, man. You got to go out every day. You step out the yeah, door. We just play. We just okay. play, and I remember it was it was fun. It was nice and fun, and and this is music that I don't really gravitate too much these days. Not that I don't like it. I love punk. Don't get me wrong. It's just not where where my mind is these days, or 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 so I thought. And then over the months that we been together um two months i think it's been or less than, than that uh it's been as, as as i think uh i'm i think i'm a person of that needs to 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 do things need, needs to fee, be inside i cannot just make a decision like like that to play with the band i had to like just go over the band over and over and over to start like liking everything and and now i feel like oh i start to like all the songs before maybe like a few or not all of them mm. and now i started like to, to understand you know and, and liking it and feel it and 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 that's you know so it's working out better yeah so wait, your first audition was that bass guitar yeah okay i would try to explain that away to marco but i know that marco ain't gonna fucking listen to this shit so no fucking <laughs> need to cover for marco Oh, fucking good on you. I'm glad that we got to keep Marco, who's a fucking good bass player. And I'm glad that we get Alex's fucking. And that yeah. actually means that makes sense in terms of, too, about band chemistry and people staying on or, or getting off the band is uh, it's more than just show up, play, pay your fucking rent, too. It's like we it's a very organic process, man. We don't nobody's in charge of anybody else's instruments. We may have a suggestion. Hey, Sean, can you speed it up here? Or there's going to be suggestions, but nobody you are in charge of creating your own fucking part. So depending on who i'm playing with if you are an uninspired musician you're you're giving me back crap you know we had a guy we had some freaking jabroni come and audition for <laughs> us and he's like oh yeah i don't want to i don't i'm kind of done playing live shows i'm like what the fuck are you why the fuck did you answer this fucking ad you done trying to play live shows wait we should put your ass out to pasture man we're trying to fucking we're trying to make it motherfucker and you're just trying to hang it by up by the way yeah, i remember I, I like, remember what you, you get offer man you got nothing i remember uh, you guys saying before me they auditioned like 13 guys before or something I don't like that know, bro i mean might as well not been you know like, no yeah. not that many you know but like you know yeah i started to lose heart man after that fucking last guy's like oh yeah i kind of done playing shows i play with this man and this fucking man and this man i'm like 
well, fuck me then. You should just fucking go off somewhere and fucking die. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, why the fuck you even answer the goddamn call, motherfucker? You answered the bat signal and you don't even want to put your fucking bat suit on. You'd rather fucking stay at home and be Bruce Wayne. Question. Um, so we went through all the, all the four of you guys' stories. All the pieces of the puzzle came together, right? What was the first, and anyone can answer this, or all of you guys, what was the first song that you guys collectively recorded? together i think since we joined the band different times everybody's probably gonna have a little bit of a dance answer for me it was like i i don't think i could have anything to contribute to this band i don't think that this is the band for me and then you know i was going home to see my mom she was sick from cancer and like i had that fucking hey ho jingle stuck in my head hey it was a really catchy song like a lot of our songs and i wrote the lyrics in like you say two wait, minutes wait, wait. you're saying hey ho what the fuck is that hey ho is a song hey ho is not like is that monsters of men no 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 it's basically it's Oh. It's a, it's an ode to the the Ramones. The Ramones would say, "Hey, ho, let's go." So it's not like you're uh, you're okay. shouting the girl on the street, you know. Like, mm. but uh, basically, it was just basically a it's a battle call, and it was fucking two minutes. I'd written this song, uh, these lyrics to the song, and it was basically about everything that we're about in San Francisco. It was like, you know, I, I go out and I drink and drug. I pay my bills and wash my clothes, work my job and blow my water until my money's gone to hell. So it was a, it was like a, a manifesto, you know, like. And that was for me. I was like, oh shit, this is the band for me. And then Street Rat came up next and they would fucking, man, this used to drive me crazy. They'd fucking, they'd title the songs before they had any words written to them. So I'm like, so you just decided that you're not even a fucking lyricist. You're going to call this <laughs> song Blood Bunny. Like, and I got to fucking write some lyrics to this shit, but I have no interest in this fucking bloody bunny. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's laughing because it's, he's the culprit. But yeah, I mean, like, I was like, that limits me, man. So like, I mean, then I was like, well, you know, I don't even have to fucking mention a blood bunny at all. You know, like I can just write whatever. So you're, you're saying the first song that you wrote with the band was Hey Ho. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't really have any songs. It was like, well, the, the songs part, were. I'm talking dirty. about when Riding I say dirty? the, when I say yeah, the yeah. first song, I'm talking yeah. about when all four of you guys okay. sat down and be like, oh, we're so going to create together? this one song. Well, see, I think we. Yeah, I know the, it's the first one that we had that song written by us. It was, it's a song called Genetic Decline. But not with him. Oh, right. No, with him. I'd say stay away. Stay well. He joined the band recently. So is it stay uh, awake or stay away? Yeah, we have new music coming out. We're gonna record. um, Beginning of October. Yeah, beginning of October, and we brought a bunch of new stuff that he's gonna be playing on. Yeah, Alex hasn't played a show yet. We're really going crazy with the genres now. Yeah, like, like I'm not doing. This but like, the very first song was "Riding Dirty." Yeah. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, "Riding Dirty" yeah. was. Oh man, it was gibberish. It was like somebody was having a fucking uh, a severe fucking uh, what you, epileptic seizure. You know, I mean, what Dylan would make up words. He would just he didn't even he wasn't even actually saying English. <laughs> we don't even know what the song is about. But I, I swear to God, that was what I was dealing. With. So I was like, I got nothing to work with here. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But Hey Ho was the first structured song. And it was like, it's a catchy-ass fucking tune. We opened many shows with it. People love it. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. And then we had this song called Street Rat. And I was like, they just titled it Street Rat. I was like, why the fuck are you calling this song Street Rat? But it was actually the best fucking title because that song, I was like, man, now we got some like some substance in it because that song is about how the world looks down at you and the people in power are going to speak down and tell you you're a piece of shit when they're the ones robbing you blind. They're the ones fucking cheating and stealing on you. So, I mean, the song has got these lyrics like, the pieces of shit that told me I was ashamed um, are two-faced and itching to rob you of all you saved and they have the fucking balls to call us hangers on. I hold my head up so they can see me walk tall. And baby, if I'm a street rat, then a street rat I'm proud to be. And baby, if I'm a street rat, I'm the king. 
you know and it's like that was i was like damn dude okay now we're talking here mm. you know a lot of punk is just like fuck this fuck that but it's like okay well what are, we gonna what are you gonna do about it you mm -hmm. know like you're yeah fuck this fuck that but what are you gonna do about it so this is a i feel like dead river rebels is a call to arms it's a fucking it is man we're it's like rise up man let's fucking take this you know so yeah. uh you have how many members in this band four or five five, five. so you have five people i don't know that other person that's not here but we, we have we <laughs> you have you saw him we have one person from mexico we have another person uh whose family your family is from chile right yeah. montana fresno where's your family originally from they're from the area, but they're also Mexican. Mexican, okay. So we have these different cultures, right, all coming together that influenced you guys, right? Um, and then when it comes to creating a sound, how do you guys how do you guys accomplish that? Because I mean, you have you have a person from Mexico, and his culture influences probably the way. I'm, I'm, Tell me if I'm wrong, but your culture influences the way you play a guitar. If you yeah. take a Spanish person, the way they play a guitar is different from the way a fucking motherfucker Actually, from Seattle think, plays a guitar. I think that's what he adds to it too. You know, it's like that's that's what he adds to the band is his own unique take on it. So when I was saying that, like you're responsible for your own instrument, so it's very important who is in this band is a creative mind because yeah. nobody's really going to tell them what to play. You know, so but what I mean, if basically yeah. what I'm asking, what if someone like let's say Montana doesn't like the Spanish guitar vibe, right? And let's say yeah. he says, "Fuck, I don't." Well, we take it into account. I don't like that yeah. sound. We take it into how do account. You guys, how do yeah. you guys work through majority the rule, bro? Like we'll take we, it into account, but you know, like I always say, like, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a suggestion about something somebody else wrote, mm -hmm. you got to have a very compelling reason why. You know, like you know, not because you like it's not good enough in this band. You know, if you're talking about somebody else playing their instrument and doing what they want with their instrument, so we we just do it's democratic. We're like, you know, most of us think this is cool. Can you just give it a shot? You know, like we do have these discussions, but they're always de democratically solved. I, Has there I, ever been? I, oh, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say also. I think. Uh, one of the things that, that differentiates me from how they actually think or the way they write is that also my, my style of playing is very out there. Mm. Like I, I do actually mess with a lot of pedals and different sounds and modulations. Oh, wow. and, yeah. Like, and uh, I actually, mm. my, my style man. of playing is it's very, very out there. One of the bands that actually opened my ass and, and wanted me to experiment and the reason why I became a multi-instrumentalist is Demars Volta, you know, following the idea of bit uh uh Omar Rodriguez Lopez which is actually the first time that I ever saw someone be the leader of the band and the full the guy that writes everything mm -hmm. and I, that's when I actually I, I I listened to this band called the Mars Volta and I I think I got into the it because, check him out. Yeah. because it was um it was lead by the singer was Mexican and the guitarist was from Puerto Rico and and I saw an interview and I, I also saw an interview that this guy played everything. He actually wrote the whole thing from, from drums to bass to guitars to pianos to everything. And he would just have great musicians come over and play the parts and he wouldn't even tell them anything. He would just say, Oh, you're the bass player. Come here. This is what you're going to play. It will be like a 30 second thing. And they wouldn't know if it was for the beginning of a song, the middle of a song or the end of a song, nothing. And then he would just like go into his studio and, and start like putting it all together. And that kind of like was the time when I started like thinking, wow, like, you know, I have all this crazy ideas in my head and all these sounds that I'm imagining. And that's when I started like thinking, I want to do this. I want to, I want to do this. And then I stopped for a while because I had another career. 
um, that took me that, that never went anywhere, but I went in that journey for several years. And then when I got out of there, I was, well, I wasn't not a UFC, wait a minute, I was wait an a MMA minute. fighter. <laughs> You're what? MMA. MMA? Yeah. You? Okay. Yeah. I know, man. Look at this fucking misfits, man. <laughs> but actually, so our name is Dead River Rebels, and the, re- and the reason why is because Dead Rivers are thousands of Native American riverbeds, man, in the United States, and they all, no longer have running water. They're dry riverbeds, but they all interconnect. We're all from different places, so it's the most appropriate name that we all converged. We converged Whoa. in the Bay Area. That sounded like a fucking car wreck. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. Somebody fucking wrecked their car. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, a normal, that's a normal yeah. sound in that's West Oh, okay, yeah. He's like, no, nah, he's like, that's just that's, <laughs> that's a drug Jerry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's very appropriate because we all bring something different. And that's why I think the band is so good. I also think it's the reason why the band is so eclectic. I've heard people that we look up to other bands from the Bay Area that said, man, you guys are so eclectic. That's not a word that's used in a lot of our genres of music, hard rock, metal, or punk rock. You don't really hear the word eclectic a lot. You know, like people not willing to... Ex- to to experiment outside the norms of what they think that genre is you know but alex brought this really fucking great psychedelic sound to this middle section of anarchy that you didn't get to hear because when you hear the electronic version he'll do this trippy it's like a descent into hell this one part of the song you know like so already brings some unique flavor too but you gotta have some people they come to audition for the band they're fucking dead inside i'm like dude you fuck get out of here like you know i mean like these guys are very passionate about music um, but we're also like, you got to have the right head too, man. You can't be, uh, there's, you know, we had some, some, some guys in here couldn't keep their cool, couldn't keep a level head. Who the fuck's going to collaborate with you, man? You know, like that's a good way to get your fucking ass ostracized and fucking kicked, you know, like, so, I mean, it was just like, it has to be the right people. And I think that this is the right group. This is a fucking great group. You know, it's a fun mix. Yeah, I yeah. think that's yeah, what yeah. I, that's what I tell my wife. Cause you know, like I write my own music in my studio and I record it and I put it in little places and, and you know, my, 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 my project is called the room waves, but I, you know, like my wife and I would talk about how this is actually exciting me again in a different way. You know, it's, it's, I'm starting to get more and more excited as it, as we, the weeks go by and we get closer to the first show. Well, this is officially our first show as a band yeah. today, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, as we get to like a live performance, um, some, uh, we're gonna, I'm getting more excited because it's definitely allowing me to, to ride with them and, and, and they're allowing also sometimes we, we butt heads on some ideas, but for most of the part, they're very, uh, receptive to what I do and what I bring and, and they're not putting like, uh, any chains on what I do. And, and I, I agree with them on the fact that, you know, I love their, their ideology that whatever works for the song is for the song. Mm. And, and, and on that tangent about the live shows, I want to, uh, talk about some. Of yeah, we got to promote a little bit. Out. If that's all right, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. That's, right. that's what you have for. Yeah, on the on the twenty eighth of this month, <laughs> yeah. we're playing at Toots Tavern in Crockett, which is twenty eighth on Sunday. Um, at the day show starts at four p.m. Uh, on the first of September, we're playing at Winter's Tavern in Pacifica. Mm-hmm. Um, on the tenth of September, we're playing at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz with Speed Demon, which is going to be really awesome. Um, on the twenty third. Of September, we're playing back again at Winters. That's a Gremlin Music Productions production, which is my production company that I I do. Uh, we're playing with the 151, um, and then also yeah. on the 22nd of October, uh, Gremlin Music Productions is having its first festival called Gremstock, and um, 
That is going to be on the 22nd, and that's all day, all night, free show, uh, 13 mm. different bands. And mm. It's going to be a lot of fun. So That's going to be bonkers, man. Be yeah. different types of music. We're pretty excited about that. People become werewolves at those shows, man. Like Everybody's a different person during the day, and then the fucking sun goes down. Now the guy that you were talking to is now eating his own fucking shoe. You're like, <laughs> man, this motherfucker was lucid two minutes ago. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's going to be nice, man. Check it out. Our shows are fuck. I got to say this, too. You know, like With all respectfully, a lot of humility... We're really lucky to have people come to our shows. We're lucky to meet the bands we meet. But while we strive to be the best we can, we fucking, I swear to God, I don't ever want to play a show where I come off that stage and I feel just fucking energized. If I don't feel absolutely fucking spent, then I've not done my job. So if you come and see us fucking play, you get a band that gives you a huh, fucking 110% every time. Doesn't matter if there's two people in the fucking audience and your creepy uncle. We'll give you fucking 110% all the time. We'll give your fucking uncle to 110% every time. But we fucking go there to we just go for broke, man. And I think that's why we got a good reputation. We are, in my opinion, the best fucking live band around. So come fucking check us out. But we also got good taste, man, because we play with a lot of other fucking great live bands, man. We play with a lot of great guys. There's a great community out there, man, of people. And um, we're lucky to have it, man. It's fucking tough to be a musician in the Bay Area, man. Everybody's fucking exodusing out of here. Like they're fucking leaving Egypt, man, and fucking going for higher ground, you know? Like, But we got to keep the music alive, man. We got to keep fucking, we got to keep bringing it. We got to find people, we give people a reason to go out and say, well, fuck, that was totally worth it, you know? Can I, can I, before then, we move on, I'm sorry, yeah, can, yeah. I, can I clarify something? I never fought in the UFC. I became a pro fighter, <laughs> but I was just a pro fighter that never got to make it to the yeah. to the big show. So. You were in a Mexican He thought about this for a little bit. He's like, my gym is, he's like, everybody my gym's going to fucking blow me up. You were in a Nacho League, right? He's going to start Googling the, roads, yeah. the roaster. Hey, shout out football. to your gym. Which which one is it right now? Uh, well, or right now couple other ones, right couple gyms. I'm training with Gilbert Melendez, Melendez Academy. Yeah, that's right. Gilbert, shout out. Question. El Nino. So I want everyone to answer this separately. So I have two questions, basically. Mm. So uh, you go down the list. What's your uh, favorite genre of music? Just give me, just give me a one word answer. Yeah. Rock and roll. It encompasses all what we rock do. Roll. Rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. Uh, punk rock, I guess. Punk yeah. rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say rock and roll it encompasses it all. I love all sorts of types of music. Okay, I would say experimental music, anything that has no no real like reason why to be together. I, I expected like nothing that. less. That's good. It's <laughs> a fucking Alex hey. answer. All right, so everyone everyone has their favorite genre. Okay, now this is the second question I want answered individually. When, uh, what decade do you think is the best? Oof. Uh, uh, your genre of music. Well, I mean, I could go with either the 60s, but I'll say the 90s. Cause, and tell me why. Uh, the 90s, because it, it made it's a personal choice because it made an impression on me. I wasn't born and raised in the 60s. That was a different generation. Mm-hmm. But the people that influenced me got their inspiration from the 60s. So when I listen to like Oasis is my favorite band, they were the fucking, they were the dopest band, in my opinion, out there because they were the first band that really didn't pay to play and do all that shit. They refused to do meet and greet with Tower Records. They were fucking refused to kiss anybody's ass. They actually were the first band to get creative control on their first record contract. You never fucking did that. On your first record deal, never got creative control. On the first album they got it, they took less money and banked on themselves by going with the smaller independent label, Creation Records, best fucking record label. And that was in England. But these motherfuckers, they were they were pretty looking. They had style, but they were cocky as fuck. And they didn't give a fuck what you thought. And they said it on camera, dude. Like, Liam Gallagher, the singer of Oasis, the only person ever to walk off on TRL, just fucking dropped the mic on Carson Daly and just fucked the fuck off mid-interview. 
because he didn't like what they had to say. So people thought they were divas. But honestly, the music, the first song on the first album is called Rock and Roll Star. You say that shit, you're like calling your shot. You're fucking calling your shot. You're calling for the fence. You're saying this one's going over the wall. You haven't sold a record yet. And your first song is Tonight I'm a Rock and Roll Star. If you fucking bomb, you're never going to live that down. You will never play a fucking show again. They called their shot, dude. How do you not respect that? And they, they would fucking talk about all this shit nobody was talking about. So they'd have songs. They'd sneak in fucking drug references like, you can wait for a lifetime to spend your days in the sunshine. You might as well do a white line because when it comes on top, you got to make it happen. But it was all positive. You got to make it happen. You got to roll with it. You got to say what you say. Don't let anybody get in your way. So that, I was, that made a fucking well, I big impression. I don't understand why you're the lead singer because the passion <laughs> in your voice I feel like I'm cutting a fucking I feel like I'm cutting a wrestling <laughs> promo right now, dude. Because I'm God, passionate yeah. about it, man. It gets you my blood up. You got me pumped up right now. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I get passionate. I'm sorry. <laughs> wait till you see him on stage. Wait till you. Wait, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm don't give me no fucking blow, dude. Yeah, I don't fucking. I'm dead sober like right this, now. I can imagine how you are on stage. This is yeah. I give him my all. Aaron. <laughs> uh, I'm really partial to the '90s, but I'm still gonna go 2000s. Mm. Just Why? because that's what I'm. That's what I grew up on. Is like emo, emo. <laughs> I mean, like, you guys, you got, wait, wait, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you guys keep saying you grew up on it. I mean, I didn't grow up in the 60s, but I fucking love Sam Cooke and shit. That's true. Oh, I do too. I love so Sam So tell Cooke. me but, why, why did these bands in the 2000s? But it was just because the people I hung out with listened okay. to that stuff. Okay. And that's like what I always gravitated towards. Like, we were weird kids in high school and we were like outcasts, like, weren't popular. We didn't like fucking. You know, we were just hanging out in like the corner of the school and like fucking talk about Magic the Gathering and shit. And mm. we wanted all the outcast music. And that's what was, you know, popping at the time. Like, there was a lot of kids who were craving that like escapism and like, st- also like the whole like fashion style around it was really cool. What, uh, what bands were like the soundtrack of your life? Give me some examples. Uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, Fall Out Boy, and going into punk rock, I guess, like, Leftover Crack, No Effects, uh, a lot of uh, hardcore bands like Suicide Silence, uh, Under Oath, a lot of these, like, and that's kind of, and I say punk rock just because everyone like back then you know there's a lot of like homophobic bullshit but also like fucking um people you know separated themselves like if you were uh, like a punk rocker or a, or a metal fucking guy you didn't like this shit but like they're clickish yeah but like every one of those bands played with punk rock bands played on punk rock festivals played were influenced by punk rock from like the 90s and the 70s and then like you know it's all in the same lane so i just kind of like threw that out there but uh so you so those bands you think were better than bands in like the 80s and oh yeah like the nirvanas and because they took they took what they did and shit they took what they did and innovated it on top of it that's not and to like, say that Michael Chemical Romance is better or Fall Out Boy is better than Nirvana. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, well, he I, might, he yeah, might, I actually, he do, might actually, feel, he might feel that. He, he doesn't speak for the bad, just to let you guys know. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. This is his because, personal. Because as good as fucking Kurt Cobain was. <laughs> so are like, you saying Nirvana sucked? Wait, 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 wait a minute. We need this. 
We need silence. We need silence. Are you saying, because you're going to have a lot of white boys mad at you. Are you saying Nirvana was a horrible band? I'm not saying they're horrible. I like Nirvana, but it's just like that shit had a yes and no. It went out. Like, listening to fucking Nirvana. Is Nirvana a good band? Listen to Nails or like. Or is Nirvana a good band? Nirvana is a good band. But, but they're not. They're not. <laughs> but but they they inspired bands that took what they were doing. No no, I'm fucking. I'm fuck, I don't give a fuck. You don't got to be politically correct. Like you think they suck? If you think they suck, say they fucking yeah. suck. I don't think they suck. Yeah. I think the Sex Pistols suck though. Who? Ah, dude, no. The what? Who? He thinks the Sex Pistols suck. They were like one of the punk. The Sex Pistols. Fucking Anarchy in the UK is way better than fucking. What's that Fall Out Boy song? <laughs> Sugar, we're going down swinging. Okay, you get that oh, fight, man. I love you, dude. Okay, this is your question. I mean, also, also, we gotta they, put in consideration. But they, sex okay, I'm just saying it to be edgy. The Sex Pistols have some good songs, but ultimately, it's like they were a bunch of drunk idiots who just fucking played whatever they could and put together what they could. It's like half the punk and they bands fucking took that shit and made it and made a whole fucking new genre out of it. So I so, got respect you. to that. But fuck, fuck John Lydon is fucking make America. Yeah, he's nuts again. now. And then, anyway, he's also twenty-five. He's a young Sean. Sean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, obviously. (laughs) And Sean, speaking to the mic. Okay, please. Uh, What the question is? My the genre. You you told me your favorite genre of music. Now I'm asking you what your favorite decade of that genre was to you. Probably the '80s. The '80s. Okay. I grew up listening to ACDC and Bon Jovi and Motley Crue and Poison and. That's what I really like. Started playing the drums, and and why? And are you saying that? Are you saying the '80s is the best because of just what you listen to, or to be because of those bands specifically? Yeah, I mean, because of those bands specifically. I mean, I think that probably some of the best creative music probably came out of the '60s and '70s. But I think uh, you know because the hair bands aren't particularly my favorite bands. What do you, you mean know? the hair bands? You know, like Poison and you know um, Bon hair. Jovi with the big. Glam rock, what they call it. I I actually love that, but some of that drumming is really awesome, and that you know that always resonates with me is when I can really connect to the drumming, and that's why I really love ACDC because he's not a flashy drummer, he's not overly you know excessive whatever he does. It's very solid, and it really taught me you know to try and play the same beat for 16 measures, 32 measures. It's almost impossible sometimes because everybody wants to do a fill or something here and there. But some of those super solid drummers, do, ta, do, do, cat. It just just goes and goes and goes. And like when he's not trying to be flashy, he's just part of the song as a collective song. Mm. And it's just like that really resonates with me because it's like, you know, it's just it just makes the song really amazing because he's not this flashy drummer trying to be crazy. It's just really solid, and it's just like the train that's just pushing through it, and that that, that really resonated with me in that in that aspect. Um, but, okay, yeah. But Short I, you know, and sweet. I grew up listening to Beatles and and NCCR. You know, those were some of my you know yeah. g- growing up with my dad. We were driving and listening to cassette on the uh, you know and Yellow Submarine and that sort of shit. And so you know, my first dog's name was Ringo or and st- stuff like that. So mm. th- that had a big influence on me. But now I don't really listen to the Beatles. It yeah. kind of bothers me a little bit, you know, and <laughs> possibly, possibly, partially because I've listened to it too many times. Yeah. Um, mm. But I don't really connect with the drumming as much. It, you know, for me when I when I want when I want to play the drums and I sit down behind my drum set, mm-hmm. 
I want some music with feeling behind it that really makes me want to fucking practice for hours. And when I'm done, I'm like dripping and sweat. I'm like, yes, that fucking that kind of music inspires me. You ever seen that movie Whiplash? I have. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. You like, like it? You finally yeah. saw it. Where he's going deaf as my ear is like ringing. Right. Do you now. like it? What's that? Do you like that movie? Yeah, that's right. Oh, what's that? Yeah, he's going. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? He, I got to amend my answer, man. I think he's fucking right. The 80s were fucking amazing. No, uh, you can't change your answer. Why yet. not? <laughs> it's fucking Jeopardy. Like, I can't change my answer. No, no, no. But I mean, you think about it, man. The 80s had New Wave. They had fucking hip hop came out. Like, hip hop really blew up in the 80s. You had metal bands. The 80s gave it all, man. Yeah, fucking 80s. Shout out 80s, dude. So you're changing. Fucking, fucking, I think I have to, man. Just based on volume of quality. I mean, still, you know, I'm like, still not over. Uh, you said Nirvana. Hey, I gotta tell you what, though, man. ACDC, uh, they, they actually that was the slowest music that you still wanted to punch somebody to. You know, like they weren't playing super fast, but you still Highway to Hell. You still wanted to fucking hit somebody. Hey, Aaron, you better watch out. Yeah. Kearney Love my suit. You. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, um, I had a thank God I was the last because actually I had a chance to to meditate a little bit of it because you know meditate on their their, their question the question and their answers. Oh, However, I Thanks, I think uh, for and I'm gonna sound a little politician style like with my answer, but the 2000s were for me the best era or the best decade for me in music due to the fact that. I was able, and before the 2000s, I think it was a little bit hard for you to be exposed to all these genres before you were even born. Meaning, like you know, I think if I was in if I was in my teens in the 80s or 90s, I don't think I would have been able to to find the records or find the the music or get exposed to music from other countries and other things that we're doing. Plus, around the 2000s, I think the revolution of do-it-yourself music-wise allowed for a lot of uh, wild minds to expose their music. And I was, I was the, the, um, the recipient of that, you know, the recipient of, of all this crazy movement of where people just decided that, you know, like we don't need a record, a record label. We don't need, uh, we don't need a, uh, to follow a, a, a genre because like you know like Aaron was saying like when the grunge came in nobody played no everybody wanted to be grunge regardless of maybe it would have been the the fit the most suitable band sound for them they mm. just went in there and I think that 2000 was an awakening for everybody to do anything and technology got better you know like people were more accessible to synthesizers or or drum boxes or or pedals or anything became more accessible to the musician where you know that awoke a lot and 2000s is when i when i came across crowd rock i didn't even know what that was but apparently crowd rock was a, a style that was from germany after the crowd rock yeah yeah crowd rock after the um the whole um German uh, situation stopped. Like situation. a lot of the, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the German situation. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to call it the wrong thing. So I just German. leave it at that. So, um, so <laughs> look at Jordan. Yeah, no, no disrespect. I know the whole history. Just don't want to call it or, or you know, nice. get anybody offended in any way. But yeah, you know, when that came, that was like to me, that was a very interesting style because that's. Kraut Rock was based on this amazing musicians from Germany that after the after the the destruction of their country Scorpions? they did not had they did not have anything to to come up with but they started going wild and they started making these bands like new there was a drummer and a guitarist and these guys created the Motor Beat which this drummer would actually has this really amazing song where uh, this guy plays just drums just a really quick drum uh, pattern but. He keeps it up for like 10 minutes in this way where it becomes like hypnotizing. And that's the whole 
concept that was the whole concept of crowd rock they mm. didn't have any meaning but it was very open and and i think that was a very impressionable era for me due to the fact that i could access anything anything was accessible for me like the ipod came in therefore that meant that you had a bank in, in the computer of music that you can choose from and all of a sudden you were listening to music from pop from afghanistan from the 60s that i was like what the fuck like they had amazing uh, like Juno's like uh synthesizers on it and uh, like all of a sudden like uh Thailand I didn't know those guys had a really amazing style of of playing too and the, their operas like were so crazy so I think that that's what shaped me into the musician that I am that mm. therefore I, I think regardless of what was playing as a decade what is defined as that decade music wise I think it's got to be seen more as a decade of of awakening of you being able to all of a sudden in, in a couple of minutes go through the whole discovery discovery of Led Zeppelin of Muddy Waters of different different musicians that maybe if you were in the 80s you couldn't you wouldn't be able unless somebody had the, the albums mm. and, and would let you you know sit down and listen for hours and hours so, man you took it the easy way out that's because the technology, you get access to all the different yeah, past yeah. decades. I and, get it. And, and, you know, like, instead of, like, you know, like, a lot of people would say, like, oh, that yeah, was too good or something. But I, but I get it. I mean, good. I was, yeah. I'm 35, and that's where I lived. And, and I think uh, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, like, even though people get nostalgic about their eras <laughs> or their decades, I think uh, I'm just more happy that I got to experience all of them. And, and like, today, maybe a kid that's, that's in their teens today, for them, this is normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can listen to anything. Mm. But in the 2000s was like, the f I remember seeing the first iPod. I was like, holy shit. Like, that was groundbreaking in so many yeah, How many ways. songs? Like yeah. fucking thousands, right? God knows. Yeah. But I was, it was so, I never owned one. Six I didn't CD have to buy one. Yeah. But the, but my friend had one and that's how I was starting to listen to things. And, mm. and that to me was so, so cool. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I also think about. Nobody will ever be as, as impressed with the phone again, with the with the phone again as we were, because we mm. were we were the ones yeah, who saw the yeah. first iPhone. That is true. Nobody will yeah. ever be as as like amazed as like because one day we don't have a phone. We never heard of a phone that's actually you can see videos or you can find something, and then a month later we have it. Nobody will ever do that in this era, at least. It's a deep ass answer, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good job. No, serious. We got philosophers here, man. It's a very thoughtful answer. Fuck. So. Let's get into some uh, some nasty shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking finally, goddamn. So everyone Let's knows shit. everyone knows rock and roll, the history of like rock and roll bands and shit, drugs and women. Yeah. Can you guys tell me? I mean, I'm I know you guys are not selling out arenas and shit, but you do shows. We will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah. I can see it. For sure. Um has there ever been a time where there's been like you guys had like groovy situations after the show before and after yeah that's one of the perks man if you you're, you're playing some fucking terrible music if you can't give me some it's gotta be stories. halfway decent just to you can get laid well alfonso loves the story when i brought five different tinder dates to one he brought like five tinder dates <laughs> the, all the girls at the bar were really cute and they were all fucking his tinder dates i, I went up to every single one i was like motherfucker this guy very busy, but can you imagine the balls in that? Or wow. five different girls, and you you take it to the same fucking place, and they're sitting next to each other. That was fucking amazing. What happened with that? I mean, I fucking I yeah. all sorts of things. Oh, dude, you don't want to know, bro. I don't even know if we got enough time. But yeah, I'll tell you this though. You know, yeah, there's you know, for a lot of these guys, he was saying like, uh, you know, a lot of us weren't popping in high school. Look, if you were popping in high school, you don't play good guitar. 
you either played good guitar or you were popular in high school. If you were popular, you wouldn't even be having the discipline to sit at home by yourself and practice the guitar. You had to be a reject to be a good instrumentalist or a good musician. You know, like mm. I think if you were a Notice. fucking the captain of the football team, you're probably not fucking Most killing it on the guitar. Got, got someone pregnant when right. they're before they're 18 and now are like married with like 8,000 kids. Wait, what? No, like all the, <laughs> every, no, everyone, no, no, no. Oh yeah, those guys no, like, peaked in high those school. Guys, those guys peaked, peaked in high school, school right, got yeah. a bitch oh, pregnant right. and then didn't do anything for the rest yeah. of their lives. I laid it, I, 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 uh, winners, I'll fucking tell my one naughty story. I had this girl, I screwed her Right before I went on stage, my legs were jelly. So I barely walked up the fucking stairs uh, to the stage, man. I was fucking just jelly legs. It was fucking great. It was just yeah, like, yes, potato. dude, that fucking bathroom with the slanted slope ceiling. Yes, that yeah. slope ceiling. I hit my you head wanna, on that you ceiling. Wanna, you want to give the so. girl a shout out real quick? God damn. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, or or yeah. Alfonso's song uh, called Sleep You know why Lab. I can't do that shit? Because I probably sent her some fucking horrible text messages, <laughs> oh. some dick pics. I mean, she's going to fucking, she's going to get me in jail. Yeah. So, <laughs> shout out to uh, well, we'll give her a fake name. Said, <laughs> do you guys? Uh, well, you know, back in the days, uh, like in the sixties and shit, a lot of rockers used to be on drugs and do acid, yeah. and that made them uh, write better music because it it, it brought them to places uh, where they didn't know they can go, like seeing uh, things, imagining shit. Uh-huh. Do you guys? And I don't know if all of you guys do drugs. I mean. If you do it, <clears throat> no, who gives no, a fuck? But if you guys, if do you guys feel <laughs> that drugs is a good way to be creative? I mean, it depends. It depends on on what yeah, drugs. I was gonna say that, but also like a- anything. Like if you look at cocaine, it uses all your feel good chemicals all at once. Sometimes I write some great shit on it, but then you you think you're fucking genius, but then ha- half the time you're just like, oh, that I don't know if I could have been that good without it. I don't know, but I'm very prolific sometimes on it. But I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna fucking get on a microphone and on the record say like you are better when you do drugs. There's some people that should have stopped a long fucking time ago, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe even me, but you know, like I, I guess it depends. Do you on think the person, it helps? You know, like, I, yeah, I, I, do I think, think that we should do some acid yeah. all together and write yeah. some music. One of these, I think days that'd be and fucking just, sick. And yeah, in a tent because we've never yeah. done that. You know, we've done yeah. a lot of drugs together. They're yeah. usually not the um, creative inducing yeah. kind. They're usually the kind that makes it. Just, but you know, I mean, Jordan, that's a good question. And but to be honest with you, there are times where you write some really great stuff, and maybe you freed your mind from a place of being very self conscious. You know, like that's that's why people do them because then you can forget about all your fucking insecurities and all that shit. But you can always go too far where. You know, you take a medication, it helps you out for a little bit. Now you're dependent on it. Now it's fucking you up. Mm. You know, drugs are the same way, man. You can definitely go over the line and go too far. So I think at a certain point, probably when you first started doing them, they're probably the, that was probably the most potent they'd ever been. You know, like, and to a certain extent, you can let go of your inhibitions and you'll fucking, you might say the shit that you, you always held back because you were too fucking afraid to say it. You didn't want to get on record saying it. Mm-hmm. In, in some ways, yeah, I would say just for letting go of your inhibitions and maybe releasing all your chemicals. But I, I can't sit here and definitely say that you're better with it. There's some guys that wrote some garbage they uh, thought was genius, you know, because they were on fucking drugs. Most of the songs that I write, I write when I'm sober, actually. Mm. But you're stoned as a motherfucker. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was about to say weed does help sometimes, but sometimes it, sometimes it's it's too much, but. Like if I need to focus, I can't. I can't be high. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a fucking revelation. If I need to focus, I can't be high. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Like it's because like I need to focus. If I'm gonna write, I need to write, and I need to be like on an idea. 
And I have ADHD, so I already have trouble focusing. So just adding on top of that, it's not like, kind of makes it more difficult. But mm. like I'm trying to like I have ideas and I want to remember them. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just you just have to like you know just work, you know. But at the same time, acid does sound fun. <laughs> but but I don't know if I don't know about I don't know how how much writing I'm gonna actually get done or if it's gonna be any good. But at the same time. When you're when you're in that moment where you're in that haze of like you're just on all you're, you've been drinking all night, smoke like three blunts or whatever, and you're just like something comes to you, mm. and I feel like those like epiphany moments happen more when you're you know intoxicated. Well, and I do yeah. have five hits of acid, so we can I can save it for this next time, and we'll we'll do it all together. Well, Sean, I answer, answer the question, Sean. <laughs> Do you think drugs uh, is it better? Do you think drugs enhances your creativity? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think smoking weed definitely enhances my creativity. Drinking some alcohol to an extent does. Mm. Doing coke fucks my timing, and no. Um, so I, you know, I think it all depended on you know mushrooms. If you're microdosing, yes, a little bit. You know, I, acid. I've done it a little bit with music, but not too much. But I'd really like to do it as a collective, all of us together, all eating acid at the same time, the same amount, same type of acid. So we're all kind of having the same trip and. I think that would be, you know, whether or not we would get a good song out of oh, it or anything. Who knows? But we need to let all, him you know. know. We need to let him know what the results were. Yeah. Uh, well, I need to record this shit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the what, sure. what I think you get more out of drugs is the experiences while you're on drugs, like right. like I, like meeting a fucking. You're buying an eighth off of a guy, and you meet him in a Taco Bell parking lot at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that several times, um, yeah. like. Still buying drugs at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was a long time ago. Anyway, but like a lot of the experiences that I have, if I was because in high school I was straight edge and I didn't do anything. I was even like considering like going vegan and like cutting out like all like pleasures and shit because I thought like it made you like you know like I used to believe that drugs controlled you and you. And once you did them, you lost control, and I didn't want anyone to control me because. Mm. Kind of true. And, You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it's my fucking body. I'm gonna yeah. do it whatever I want because I'm gonna die, and nothing's gonna fucking matter after that. So, uh, and then, uh, just the craziness of like going out and getting fucked up, like. The experiences, you will never have those experiences if you weren't like introduced to that fucking lifestyle in the first place. Mm. Even if for like for me, I don't really That's like, I don't really go out and party that much anymore. Um, but a lot of those experiences stick with me for the rest of my life and will influence yeah. my writing for sure. That's a great, that's a great idea. Uh, that's a great answer. Like you'll never know how good sobriety is if you didn't fuck it up. Mm. Like you might not even appreciate it. Mm. Just be yeah. fucking miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that piggybacking on, on uh, Aaron's answer, because I've been straight edge for it. I mean, I went through part of the reason probably why my career didn't pan out as well as I probably could have is I battle a big, uh, a big problem with alcoholism. And I became, when I became sober, like now we're going to five years now. Um, I definitely 
I wasn't playing music during that time because I was focused on my career. But um, when I was young, I was never too drawn to like weed or coke or anything. Anything I, I did do weed and a little bit of coke, but nothing, nothing ever like you know for like years or expansion of like right. Vegas or anything like that. And uh, and one thing that I think about drugs is I feel like they can help you loosen up, but it's not a, something you can keep up. Unfortunately, let's say yeah. you know, let's say you, you 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 do some drugs, some acid, and you come up with the fucking badass song, and you're like, oh shit. Then you're gonna start thinking, well, now I have to do it again, so I gotta do. And then let's say it starts spinning out, but eventually it's gonna catch up to you, and it's not gonna be working because you know, like you can't fuck. It's sadly <laughs> you can't do. You can't. I mean, that's what happened to. I think that's sadly what happened to the founder of Pink Floyd. He literally like was doing so much acid that he couldn't even keep up the band. So therefore, you know, Gilmer came into the band and he actually became the guitarist, not because you know the guy, the guy couldn't play. He just literally. Made some badass songs and he kept doing acid to the point that his mind went. Yeah, some people so, do it so much that they think it's the source of their fucking. Exactly, you know, and like, therefore instead of just using it to unlock it, it's a tool. Yeah. It's not the fucking source. And all these people, they do so exactly. much. They think it's the fucking. And source then of sometimes their power, you know, you, know, you like, get yeah. too fucking crazy, and you, you know, that's. I mean, at least for me, I don't want to speak about anybody else, but. If, if when I was drinking, sometimes I would just like you know like play a little guitar and I would come up with the riff, and then the next day I would I couldn't remember it. So you know like what what's the whole point of that? Like so you're you're sober. I'm sober. I'm sober. Okay. Like I mean I do recently I started like experimenting over the weekends with microdosing with psilocybin, just but very very microdose to the point that you don't even feel it. you don't feel how you just feel a little bit more happier, but nothing nothing like you don't feel the effect. And I do every now and then a little CBD, but for my joints. Cause do you do you do you find it hard being in? Uh, I mean you're in a band with, with you. Yeah, you're in a band with Sean. But, of all people, I find I find it. I don't find hard for them to do to do what they do. Sometimes I find hard to deal with the the maybe sometimes like let's say somebody's drunk, like and not necessarily them, but and people in my life too. Somebody's drunk and therefore because they're drunk, it's hard to deal with them. They're fucking saying stupid things. They're getting in trouble when you're like sober and try to have to take care of them in a way. Or just the the fact that you cannot keep up a conversation, a constructive conversation that will mm -hmm. take you somewhere. Mm -hmm. That I find hard now that I'm sober because most of the people around my life are not sober except for my wife. Shout out to my wife. I love you, Jessica. So, so you know, that, that, that I do find hard, you know, not being able to have a conversation with people that I love or care for. And I, and I know that sober, we would have amazing conversations or we'll get things done mm. it's, or, or, or I will get a good critic from them or sometimes not necessarily music, but in anything I would say, hey, what do you think about this? But if they're loaded, they can't really give me a, a, yeah. a, a real, com a real answer. So that I find hard. However, like seeing a beer, seeing a line of Coke or something, not at all. It doesn't make you want to like, I need to grab it. Okay. I feel that. That's respectable. Yeah. I don't think Dead River Rebels could work if you all were as fucked up as <laughs> the most fucked up of us. You know, like we definitely need somebody to corral the fucking well, monkeys. And, and we take yeah. our, t our turns getting Yeah, too. No, without, yeah, yeah. non-negotiable fucking is sober <laughs> driving. No, seriously, yeah. like, that's yeah. a fucking deal breaker, man. Like, if it's your turn to be DD and you fucking fuck up on that, like, I got nothing but fucking. Well, on luckily that. we have a sober person so, now yeah. in the van. Yeah, so yeah. I'll so, drive there. God bless the Alex too, man. He is up for an adventure, man. He'll fucking go out with us to a fucking bar. But like, he'll he'll like, oh hey, you guys want to check out this? Oh yeah, let's fucking do it, man. Like, and I that's probably the 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 best fucking uh, argument for not doing drugs is just like there you get a lot of fucking energy from not depleting your fucking system all the time. God damn, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm half the time just trying to fucking recover. 
No fucking A. <laughs> My Christ. So, yeah. where do you guys see this band going in the next five years? And where do you want it? Like, where do you want this band to be in the five, next five years? I mean, what I, goals? I'd like to be traveling. The, I'd like to be traveling the world mm. and playing music. I mean, that's my dream. And whether or not we're on a label, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, no, everybody no. wants to be able to be put on a platform where you are seen and heard by more people than just within your small community. But, you know, I would like for us to be traveling through Europe. I'd like to be traveling through South America. I'd like to be playing at bigger stages or opening for bigger bands and, you know, to, what, and becoming a bigger band, obviously. But, you know, I, I like I'm saying, like, yeah, I feel, right I, now, feel Lund- I feel London is calling your name. Yeah, 100%. I mean, You've been in London before? I never, That's a great I, song. I've been all over Europe, but I'd love London, to. London calling. London, London the, that grunt, calling. the grunt scene in London, the rock and roll, the underground grunt is big out there. Yeah, we'd love to go to New York City. Our original basis yeah. lives there. And we always talk about maybe going back. Yeah. I mean, you know, just wherever this music can take us, within traveling or mm. experiences with the people we can meet we're very open for it and and luckily all these people within this band are i think lifers in terms of they want to play music for life and they want something to happen with what we're doing so that's exciting to be around people who are just are passionate about that aspect of it and and then with that passion anything can happen because we're all just you know we're growing together and we're enjoying each other you know, as company and as musicians. And I think when that happens and, you know, like I'm saying, like when, when Aaron and I play music together, just when we write songs, we click and things just happen like instantaneously sometimes. And that's, that's a special thing. And then it, it's like when those, when that chemistry happens, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Mm. You know, main throw up there. I, 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 I think it's sadly what he just said is something that, that I think is the reason why I'm this man today. I'm a huge believer on the uh, manifestation to the universe and allowing it to also don't, don't put, don't, don't, uh, block your own growth. You know, don't put yourself in, in front of the things that can be good. Don't and block your blessings. Yeah, it's sadly. And I think, uh, the fact that I actually, you know, from all, I think sometimes about the fact that from all the bands that were on that website when I found that River Rebels, from all the other bands that were more, maybe catered to my style a little more, I just decided, oh, and you, without seeing anything, because the ad was very simplistic, I just went for that and decided to keep going on it instead of like you know going somewhere. I just started thinking like you know, and I see the 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 will that they have and the how amazing they they are when we practice and how passionate about it to a point that sometimes we we get in, com- in in discussions or like you know disagreements just because there's passions and that allows me to see like regardless of w- whether it's a disagreement as long as there's passion behind it and it's you know word, uh, along the lines of like growth mm. i like it and i think that that sean just hits it in the nail you know when when it talks about how what we're doing here today is something that we all have that dream of like really making it and we believe it I believe it at least. I believe it hard that, yeah. that we're here to do something real. That, that we, that the stage, yeah. it's not far from us. Ninety percent of the time, when we're on point, when people see us play, they're stoked, and and that's a good feeling. We, ha- you know, every time we play a show, it doesn't matter if there's a lot of people or little people. We usually have new fans every time. Yeah. People are like that's awesome. Like they yeah. see our passion. They, you know, they like our songs. They see our genuinity of us just putting ourselves out there. And I, I like sincere fans who are just like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. And a lot of times it's not always people who like punk rock music. It's just people could be some older, older woman and some other dude who doesn't look like any type of person who would like this music. And they're like, yeah, that was really fucking awesome. That's the best comment we get. We get people that like, that are solely into hip hop, that are primarily in other things. And when they see us play live, they fucking love us. Yeah. 
I think all I want from this band. Oh, I'm pushing it as far as we fucking can. Oh. We could be huge. And I like that. I'd love that, but yeah. I just want to be fucking remembered. Yeah. Like, the only people I look up to is like Dexter Holland from the Offspring, lead singer of the Offspring, or uh, Milo Ackerman, lead singer of the Descendants, who are both tenure professors at UC schools with PhDs in biochemistry and molecular biology. But at the same time, they play in these huge fucking bands. And I want to be remembered for fucking not just doing science and playing music. I just want to be fuck. I don't, I want to make sure that when I'm dead, people are like, that guy actually did some shit. He just you got the COVID vaccine. Cancer, then fuck I, dude, I, I, tr- I actually, I applied to so many jobs. So doing anything with COVID, I didn't get anything, but yeah, I, my company is moving soon. So if you have a biotech company, yeah, I'm down, but yeah. Anyway. And, uh, yeah, for myself too. I I think like worst case scenario is we're still doing something we love to do. You know, like none of us. You know, I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, anytime I ever play a show live, Sean, close that door. Anytime I ever play a show live, I know this. I would not. I know, I would never have been doing anything better that night with my night than playing on that stage. Like, there's never a night where I'm not going to play music where I'm on that stage that would have been better than me being on that stage. You know, nothing beats that feeling. So at the very least, we'll be local legends. We'll put our music out there in the world. Whether or not it sells a million copies, it'll be around forever. Maybe somebody fucking discovers it 40 years from now, and now it's the, it's the number one fucking album. But, you know, like worst case scenario, it goes on like this. Best case scenario, we're a fucking massive band, and we're just going to we're fucking nailing every festival. And we're fucking headlining. That's, well, that'd be great, too. But either way, I'm happy. We'll yeah. become TikTok famous. Yeah, <laughs> fucking we are on the jukebox at Bender's. That's we are fuck yeah. fame right now. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's coming. I honestly, like I told you guys before, I didn't. I didn't research you guys. I didn't know your music before you came on the show. But um, I like to interview good people, and then through this conversation, you guys created another fan. Um, the music that you guys played for me before was amazing. Uh, the Anarchy song, really like that. Um, so yeah, I hope every, I hope you guys. Uh, well, basically, I hope a lot of success for you guys. I think you guys are very passionate in what you do, um, and basically, it doesn't even matter if you guys like get signed. You know what I'm saying? As long as you become yeah. just known to the people. And if it makes you happy, you shouldn't even worry about getting signed because that's going to be the afterthought. Cause yeah, we definitely when you When you like what you do and then when you're good at exactly. it, it's going to come to you. Exactly. And we're supposed to be playing in San Francisco because this is a city of amazing cities. And yeah. it's just to And be you're getting shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most people don't even yeah. get bookings and shows. Exactly. We're stuck. And that's what I'm saying before. Like, where we're at right now, I'm, you know, obviously I want more because we're humans and we, that's our, our nature. Yeah, of course. But I'm very happy yeah. playing these shows and with these people in our music studio right here with you right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel very privileged that you invited us and it's just like, it's everything is the stepping stones of what we're doing and, you know, mm-hmm. being at the right place at the right time and just appreciating where you're at right at the moment is what life is all about. So tell the people where they can find your music and what do you guys do? You guys have new music coming up? Yeah, well, we have an Instagram page uh, at Dead River Rebels. We have Facebook. Um, 
we're on iTunes and Spotify, um, and then we're getting ready to record a a new album at the beginning of October or a demo. We're kind of see where that's going to go, but we've got about six or seven new songs and a couple old ones that we want to redo. So we've got about a full album's worth that we're getting ready to put out, and so we're we're hoping to have that probably put together by the end of the year, hopefully. And can oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so yeah, the name of the album that you'll find it's on. I, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud too, and Bandcamp, right? Yeah, like, it, it's yes, called it's called Relentless. Relentless is the name of the album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely check it out. It's fucking, it's a great album to me. And if you come to the shows, we're gonna put some of the new songs on our new yeah. s- our set lists, so you don't have to wait until the new record comes out. You can just come see us. And can you tell the people that uh, list that you read of your shows again? Yeah. So yeah, I take a photo of it. Are I remember. Oh, look at you. So we have August. He is a scientist. August, uh, August, August 28th at Toots Tavern in Crockett. And then the next show after that is September 1st at Pacifica in, at Winter's Tavern. And then after that, September 10th, we're playing at Blue, the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz. Yep. And then on September 23rd, we're back in Pacifica. At Winter's Tavern, and then October twenty second is our big festival. It will also be happening in Winter's Tavern, Pacifica. We're, we're, we're kind of the house band at Winter's. They love us. We love yeah. CJ. Big shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. we played there it's more than yeah. It, it's all free music, and it's just amazing scene. And yeah. places like that continue to help this just the music world so much and um we appreciate that place so much pacific is awesome too and like that that place in particular is right off the fucking highway so you don't have to go in as pacifica proper looking around for this place it's right off the highway it's right there by the water and shit oh yeah right on the fucking water you know like yeah the fancy taco bell yeah yeah but like yeah for cj too you know cj was putting on shows when you know the pandemic was still on and they were outdoor shows he built the fucking stage like before anybody nobody was playing shows man playing this guy was trying to keep it alive i mean he was like let's play till the cops get called and the cops get called mm-hmm. like so i mean shout out to him dude he was he's a real g and he's been a champion of ours shout out to dj test too uh, all the people that fucking believed in us you know we pre- including you jordan for having us on too man so mm-hmm. yeah we do appreciate it but yeah check out winner's tavern check out the other places but yeah we play at winners a lot you know so they know david river rebels there so, um, I mean, one by one, if you if you want to, we already know your band socials, but if you guys want to individually give out your social media, Instagram, whatever, if you want, um, and then uh, if you want to promote anything as a collective or individually right. that you haven't said yet. Uh, for myself, no, man. I mean, you you can look at my social media, and you're not gonna get an answer. I'm I'm just never on it. It's not that I'm too cool. I just fucking I stopped getting on it, dude, man. When uh, the political divide was getting even bigger, I was fighting with a lot of people online. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So like, I'm not really on there. You know, I, I'm barely on my own band page. You know, like Sean keeps that up. So if you follow the band page and you listen to our music, everything in our music, the lyrics, everything will tell you everything you need to know about me. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm an artist, I want you to know me through my art. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to the songs. That's the best way to get to know me. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have anything specifically, but like, uh, just if you're gonna do anything, just do some fucking shit for the community. Honestly, because times are getting hard, things are getting worse out there. But if we stick together, we can fucking make it through. So that's what I'm fucking. 
Okay, Martin Luther. Yeah, no one needs to hear my Facebook or whatever. Uh, what I want to promote is a Gremlin Music Productions, which is my production thing, and that's on Instagram yeah. as well. And uh, mm. I'm trying to promote that and uh, and Gremstock, which is going to be our first little festival at Winters. But I put a lot of shows on all over the Bay Area. So if there's other musicians out there that are looking to play shows, punk rock shows are all different types of shows. Get at me uh, on uh, on Instagram at Gremlin Music Productions and uh, spell that out for G R E M L I N Music Productions with an S. So yeah. Gremlin. Yeah, like the weird little animal. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, if you guys want to follow me, I have a um, for my for my my solo project, uh, the Room Waves. Uh, you guys can follow my Instagram. It's uh, at lullaby to paralyze on instagram and then from there you guys can see the link to my twitch channel where i do uh it's it's called uh, couch coach uh and i do commentary of mma and i do uh, reviews of pedals and i just talk shit you know mm, i like it couch <laughs> coach. all right well i very i appreciate you guys for the grace to be uh with your presence and sharing your music and your life story uh hopefully why well, I I want everyone who's listening to this to support this band, um, yeah. Listen to this, you. I mean, there's no way you shouldn't support them because they are from your area. They're doing what they love, and what they what they're doing is actually good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, thank you guys again. And I only ask for one more thing: the Anarchy song. Can you guys hit us with an acapella of the chorus? Yeah, sure. Okay. One, two, one, two, three. Anarchy, anarchy, I want to be free. I'm choking on the smoke from the capitalist machine. Anarchy, anarchy, you know you best believe we don't need these goddamn police. We don't need these goddamn police. Fuck Unless the police. your fucking house gets invaded, yeah. <laughs> Peace. We are Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You appreciate you.